Hello, welcome to our podcast. Hi, it's Jen. And hi, it's Tim. As we are fast approaching the holiday season and Christmas is just a day away, day and a half away, we're uh, coming back to this podcast and, you know, really going back to what we had started off with, you know, talking about the holidays on our very first podcast in the beginning. Um, And one of the things that, you know, Jen and I have been having a deep conversation about is our healing journey. Um, and this is something that we have taken very seriously. And for me, I, I feel that so much of my childhood was rooted in being accepted and loved. And in this decision of taking this healing journey, I feel that I have upset the apple cart. I have turned it upside down. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's popped up into my head in quite a few different variations. I just recently, I decided to make a change in my life and I upset that apple cart. It's, you know, where I feel that there has been a little bit of dysfunction or chaos in specific environments for me in my family growing up, a lot of holidays, a lot of time spent together was was based on dysfunction and, and a little bit of chaotic craziness that to me, I always felt that I was the odd one out. And now that I take a step back and I, I look at my being, at my person, I felt that in those moments, I was actually the rotten apple because I wasn't feeling comfortable inside of my own skin. And in those moments when it got really offbeat or dysfunctional, I ended up hurling my rot at the people that was surrounding me. Instead of trying to be my own individual self, I was trying to fit in for acceptance in the dysfunction, the chaos. And in turn, the pain and suffering that I was experiencing on the inside came out as rot, name calling, um, anger, rage, frustration, you know, actual fighting. Um, Words that were so heavy and so strong that I felt so much pain inside of myself that once again, I wasn't being the person that I wanted to be. I really love the, the, the Buddhist concept of, of if you cannot be a benefit, do no harm. And in that dysfunctional environment that I didn't feel comfortable I really felt that I was sinking to a level that was not me, that was not the person that I wanted to be. And I was causing harm to everybody that was around me because I was trying to fit into an environment that just was either gossiping or talking, you know, bad things about other people as a whole, not maybe about one specific person. And that didn't feel good in my soul, in my heart to the person that I want to be, to the person that I feel that I could give the best of myself. And the best of myself, I feel, is being an individual. Mm. And I struggled so much of my life to now here I am, 51 years old, trying to figure out who I am and what I'm about because I was so codependent. And then in the process, became enmeshed. So, you know, picture that apple cart of ancestors and generations of people being next to each other. And really, you know, in that 
apple cart and just not really per se holding space for each other. Oh, well, the the formed family unit is so enmeshed and codependent on all of the rottenness of dysfunction yeah. that, you know, any individual's identity actually threatens that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, threatens that work. Man. I, I, and that is so huge because when you have that one person who's trying to be an individual and I feel for me on my healing journey, when I decided to take those steps and change yeah. the way that I looked at life, the way that I looked at things, that there was a threatening to the people around me. Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. I go back to when we sat at the table and I said that I was going to buy you a waterfall. And one of my brothers said, you know, stop doing that. You're making us all look bad. Yeah. You and upset like, the apple cart in that moment yeah, because your yeah. apple was speaking out of, you know, turn from what the family was. Yeah. What the family was built on that fam everybody's family dynamic is built on, you know, a very specific function. And in our cases, in a very specific dysfunction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I've said it in quite a few podcasts where it's like the statement, you know, we put fun in dysfunctional. Yeah. It was like, oh my God. Yeah. It's like, we're just making light of it and yeah. making it okay yeah. to have chaos and to have dysfunction that this is the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah. But that's not a secure environment. Yeah. I mean, well, I think, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that come into my head when I'm, you know, listening to, you know, what you have to say. For a lot of people, it's threatening because that's all they know. Yeah. You know, um, it was hard for me to understand why the people around me didn't see it when I started to really see it. It was very hard for me to understand. Um, you know, these are people that I loved and that I thought loved me. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you know, my these these beliefs that I had that upset the apple cart, they upset the, you know, the function of, you know, the family dynamic or even the relationship dynamic, whether it be yeah. a friend circle or even, you know, a relationship between people, all of a sudden that was so threatening, Yeah, you know, to the function of all of it. Um, and that was very strange for me. It wasn't something that I was expecting. And I, I remember it with your family as well yeah. as being yeah. um, just as like, what is going on here? Um, but, you know, now that I learned more and more about enmeshment and codependency and, you know, how a dysfunctional family sustains, it does make a lot of sense to me, you know, being so far removed from it. It doesn't make it easy. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make it any easier, you know, to the fact that when you make that decision to leave a dysfunctional um, family dynamic, you are most, you know, likely not going to be welcomed back. Yeah. yeah unless... Yeah. All of those apples in the family dynamic all come to that decision that, um, you know, that they're not going to be threatened by an individual. Yeah. And that yeah. doesn't happen very often that you have an extremely dysfunctional family that decides together <laughs> that, yeah. you know, it's okay. That's why we usually have these, you know, like edge walkers or these black sheep type. Um, and a lot of times, unfortunately, there is what they call a scapegoat. Mm, um, it yes. doesn't always, you know, fall on the person that is um, trying to leave the family dynamic, but it definitely falls on a person that 
bears a brunt of all of the dysfunction. And that is how the family, you know, can help themselves feel okay with how bad things are and how dysfunctional. And it's, it's very psychological and it's very crazy. I mean, sometimes it's little children that become the scapegoat and it's very strange. I mean, I've seen quite a few documentaries on it and read until, I mean, I have way too much information. I wish I didn't even know, but, um, that is very hard to understand, but that is the way it works. You know, we are all feeling threatened, you know, somewhat, right, by our loss of some type of identity. Yeah. You know, we're all so strongly dedicated to this idea that we have a personality, you know? <laughs> so it's the same thing in a family. You know, your family is, that's how we get our strength, right? The family unit, the strength of the family unit, usually there's either a patriarch or a matriarch or somebody, you know, a crazy uncle that's in charge, Um this is what happens. Yeah. And yeah. that family sustains their feeling of okayness, their feeling of control of who they are, you know, their identity by the strength of that family. So just think about taking that one apple out when somebody questions the dynamics. Yeah. It is not going to bode very well. Yeah. For that one apple. I can I can totally understand that. I think, you know, for me feeling that oddball out, you know, so much of my life, thinking that there was something wrong with me yeah. that I needed to get closer to that apple cart, to get closer to that environment, which in turn created more codependency, created yeah. such enmeshment that I couldn't even feel where I ended and the next person began. For me, I feel that ending that generational trauma you know, that not on sale for the Hoffmans, so to speak, was just so detrimental to any possibility. And here I am still struggling to say that I am worthy, that I deserve, because I feel that there's rot inside of me. You know, I feel like the blood that runs through me is dirty at times. Um, And I've, you know, spoken to a lot of different people over, you know, the past several months, past, you know, few years, listened to so many podcasts, hearing people going through their personal journey. And it's so hard when you have a family dynamic that's so dysfunctional and so chaotic that when you try to express your individualized feelings and emotions on how somebody's actions or how an environment comes in and they take it personal Mm -hmm. or they take it like it's an attack on themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like both of my parents are deceased. So I really do feel that the work with my parents now is so easy Mm -hmm. because I don't get that societal environment from their thought process. I did great for you, but I can let them know that I love them and I care about what they went through. But in turn, I went through something. So I feel for my friends and for people that I've spoke to that have tried to, on their healing journey, feel the emotions that they suppressed or that they didn't deal with in their childhood. Now, as adults, going back to their parents and saying, here I am. I felt this and then having their parents once again, deny their reality, you know, and like you had said, completely ostracize or just get downright mean because they're personalizing the feelings of their adult child now, just as they personalized it when they were children. Mm -hmm. And it's just that continuation of a trauma. You know, it's far and few between 
where you know we speak to people who bring it up at a family function and they say you know a family member or two family members come up and say thank you so much for saying that mm -hmm. and having the gumption to bring that up at this family get together because i felt that so much but i wasn't able to bring myself to say that because yeah, of the fear definitely and i think it's possible and i love those stories yeah. I, I love those stories yeah. i mean they they are definitely what gives me hope, you know, for this this wave of generational trauma healing. Um, and I think that that we're going to see that more and more. Um, and, you know, for for, you know, those stories, there's probably 10 that don't go in that direction. Yeah. And that's what's so heartbreaking for me at this point to hear how many stories and how many people have come to me and said that they did go to their parents and, yeah. you know, sometimes so beautifully and these relationships weren't bad to begin with it wasn't exactly to the level of dysfunction that you know you and i might have had but you know and then their parents you know just lost their minds yeah that they couldn't even you know sit in any place of you know that that happened like wouldn't even talk about it wouldn't even entertain it and that's so heartbreaking to me that is definitely yeah you know, my experience, um, you know, not really so much with my father is that I didn't have that opportunity. Um, you know, but my mother's still alive and there's just no opportunity for me to, you yeah. know, to bring those things to her. And, um, and that is, that is hard. Yeah. That is yeah. definitely hard. I do the work similarly. Um, even though she is still here, I do that work similarly the same way where, you know, having to be no contact with her for the most part. And, taking an eagle eyes view. Yeah. And this is the real, you know, way that I have yeah. been able to help myself in um all of my relational um situations where, you know, I cannot get my reality um validated is just to do the work in self of understanding everybody's perspective. So you just rise above it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and you validate your own self and then you also have that loving compassion for yourself and you can have it for the other person and understand why they're where they are. And it's really possible to do it. I see the older people, my friends, my generation trying to do this and really struggling, but you can do it when you can have compassion, understanding for their situation, yeah, yeah. um, for where they're at, even if they're denying it, you can still do it. Um, it's just having the understanding that they're not capable of going there, that that type of truth, and let's be honest, it's the truth, right? Yeah. That type of truth is so threatening to them yeah. that their person, now what are we all born with, this instinct to survive, right? Yeah. And that that type of truth is so threatening to their person that they have just completely shut down and avoided. And if you think about it, Tim, the generations above us were were rooted in secrets. Yeah, we they were yeah. you know our parents, their parents' generation. I mean, you went to the death. Yeah, with your yeah. secrets, you did not talk about dysfunction. You did not talk about this hard stuff. Um, you know, you and I had to go out of our way, and we're still doing it to this day. And we've been together twelve years to have hard conversations. Nobody taught us how to have hard conversations. Yeah, yeah. It is really difficult to have conversation, to have hard conversation. Mm -hmm. And really some of these hard conversations, you know, we're, we're labeling them hard, but it's just talking about the truth. Yeah, It's talking yeah. about our feelings. It's talking about boundaries. It's talking about where you end Tim and I begin. Yeah. This is very, very hard for the generations before us. Um, and you just throw the dysfunction, you throw addiction in there. Um, 
you know, you, you throw any type of physical or sexual abuse into families, which is so much more common. And I know that that's, you know, today we know that that's, that's a thing. It's just that nobody was talking about it back yeah, then. Yeah. So what you're seeing around us right now in this broken world is just a whole bunch of adults, but we're little traumatized children in these yeah. bodies. Um, and there's just a collective crying out that this is just not okay. Um, somebody said something to me recently in a conversation that I was just so, I was just so tremendously proud of and like blown away. You know, they, they were sharing some of their own story and they said, you know, um, I come from four generations of alcoholics and I decided it was time to talk about it. And I was just Dude. like floored. I was like, whoa, like I'm getting the, you know, yeah. like these little tinkles in my body right now. Like that's such a powerful statement. And I was just like, whoa, that is amazing. You know, it's so courageous and so brave. Like I'm just, that's it. You know, like it ends with me. I'm, I'm talking about it. And this person has also been, you know, truly um, ostracized a bit from his family. Yeah. Um, and just this idea that four generations of alcoholics and he wants to talk about it, you know, so because cute. he doesn't want to throw that rot down to his yeah. children and he has children. And, um, and I think that's amazing. And that's how we do it. That's how we do it. it, it you know, it really is. And I, I just want to go back, I, you know, still working on the act of listening because I wanted to jump in on so many <laughs> of the topics. We, have so many we are doing so good say. with active listening. We so I pull them back some of the things, sure. you know, that eagle eye view perspective is so huge, you know, because it's so important to really step out of the imagery because that is what helps us break away from the personalizing actions, feelings, and emotions from other people that we can step back out, look from above and be able to see everybody's position in that and not take it on a personal level and really say, you know, I don't know what, it might not be my battle. It might not be my walk, my show, but I can't force my walk upon there. Yeah. You know, upon them and their journey. Their journey has to be their own. And I have to give love and compassion for that journey. And it's very yeah. hard when you're knee deep in the midst of it, where yes, the it ego is. comes in and the mm -hmm. personalization comes in, you know, and it's so tough. And then, you know, you go to the next stage, you know, I, I think about me on my personal journey and how I was with the breakdown and how I was with emotions and feelings, where it was so hard for me to handle certain statements being said. Um, from anybody, you know, especially from you, my beautiful wife that has given me so much love and compassion, mm -hmm. but I took so much of it with offense. Yeah. Now, when I go into a situation, I need to know where my psyche is, mm -hmm. where I'm at. If my cup is full, there's no way that I can step into the presence of dealing with somebody else who has hurt me or has offended me or put me into a bad place and say, listen, I want to stop the generational trauma because if they don't come back with anything less than what I'm expecting. Right. Oh my oh, gosh. I get it. I'm nosediving right back into the dysfunction it. and I'm my ego is so going right to take over and I'm going crazy. Yeah. There's no need for that, but I need to really know where I'm at and also with the other people to a degree. It is not our responsibility to know where other people are in their journey. It would be nice to know if they 
are on a journey, a healing journey, or if they're stuck status quo and in recognizing that and being able to meet them where they're at. So yeah, not so where we're at. Exactly. And I was just thinking about everything that you said and thinking, you know, the family dynamic, the, the apple cart of the family, let's just say you see all those apples in a pile, right? That's your family dynamic. You know, they have a window of tolerance too. Yeah. So some of these, these good stories, like you are bringing up that, that one, you know, well, there's a few, but the one story that you brought up about, you know, bringing something up at a family, you know, say get together and then a couple of people coming, right? A couple of the apples coming up after and saying, you know, yay, like I really wanted that too. And thank you for saying that. And like collectively now there's a window of tolerance in a family where, you know, those hard conversations may be started. Yeah. Everybody's starting to get a little bit on board so that people don't feel as threatened, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you have a very, very dysfunctional family that's so full, there's no way window of tolerance. There is no yes. ability to bring anything forth. So this is that spectrum that we talk about, you know? Yeah. Um, so even, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, even a full people, a few apples, a few people, a few apples from that family dynamic, maybe pull out. Like in my case, I do have a few um, in my family on the different sides that I do speak to on the side. And they are on a healing journey because they tell me they are right. So, you know, you, you know, they are, but it doesn't really bring us any more closer together or yeah. to be a family again. Right. Yeah. Because we're yeah. just two outside apples. The family dynamic is still separate from us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there really is no way to get back into that family. All those apples are sustaining, you know, the yeah. only way those apples in a dysfunctional family can sustain is to stay in the dysfunction. That yeah. is how, dysfunction sustains dysfunction. Um, so it really is a matter of the entire family kind of, you know, it could take one person, one person saying something where a few people get on board, but the family dynamic itself has a window of tolerance, just like a person, Yeah, you know, where if you're so full of dysfunction and there's no room there to break, it's going to stay that way. Yeah. And I think that's really so, so important to look at before you start going in and trying to, you know, involve the apple cart. Yeah. You know, it's like once you're out, that healing journey that you're on needs to be rooted and grounded and yeah. have everything in order for yourself. You know, that you're in a place feeling strong and confident about yourself. And I'm not saying just jump into the apple cart and start picking people out and saying, <laughs> you did this and you did that and you did this, yeah. because that's not no. skillful communication. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing that you were talking about, you know, coming right off of this here as well, is that aspect that communication is so important in every relationship. You know, the more intimate relationships, the deeper the conversation and communication are going to be and the more intricate the communication has to be. It's not just a surface communication of, oh, wow, I like the wall color. It's blue. I like the sky. You know, I like the sun shining. You know, it's got to be more in depth. That sun shining warms me to the inner core and it makes me feel this way and it's giving me vitamin D, which is going into my, you know, endocrine system, which is produced. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's a little bit deeper of an environment, but we need to realize what status family members are at so that we don't go into it thinking, you know, we're going to be at Z and they're maybe at B or C mm -hmm. and just, we need to meet them where they're at. But also the other aspect is when a communication goes awry, and it turns into a discussion or an argument, or let's just say a fight. 
it doesn't need to be that dysfunctional, chaotic fight that I grew up in, where it was either fisticuffs or it was things being thrown or smashed or, you know, those wounds of the, the words that cut so deep mm-hmm. being made, the barbs that were being thrown out and just feeling so, you know, sad afterwards that one, you allow yourself to get to that stage and two, the pain and suffering that you caused onto somebody else. Once again, hurling my rot yep. at someone else when I just wanted to be part of the apple cart. Yeah. but be an individual in the apple cart. So this is something that I was thinking that, you know, you and I have um, recently been having a lot of intimate conversations about ourselves, our life. We, you know, we're really, really like face first in this healing journey at this point um, and doing the individual work and then coming together and really talking about it and, you know, inspiring each other to bring other things up. And one thing that really stood out is that when we, you know, when we were doing the work on who we really felt like we were, you know, what is important to us? Who are we at our core? And both of us were like, kind, loving, yeah. right? Like these yeah. things that we both like picked first, yeah. right? Like kindness was important to us. Like yes. what's important yes. to you? Kindness. Wow. All right. Yeah, definitely. You know, loving the idea of like what, what we felt comfortable around in other people and both of us kind of the same, right? Like kind. We thrive with kind people loving, but yet we weren't always doing those things, right? We weren't always being kind and loving. So, you know, that kind of got me thinking, you know, these are things that we're that are both important to us. And clearly that is where we've been, you know, yeah. why aren't we getting it? And, and where exactly is that in us? You know, so when I think about the fact that we both felt very different as children, you know, we were both in these yeah. families that related in such a negative way. And it wasn't that there wasn't some type of kindness and some type of loving, but it was in such a mature, you know, the connections were so negative and rooted in dysfunction and, you know, not truthful. And that we always felt so oddball out. And that really is something that comes up a lot. And people that I talk to that are on similar healing journeys, they always felt on the outside. You and I have still to this day want to be accepted, right? Yeah. Because I think the true self underneath you know, wanted to be accepted by our family and why we never felt that we belonged in our family because the true self is kind and love here. Yeah. You know, so how do you get that accepted in a family of dysfunction that, you know, breeds negativity? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and fighting and, you know, mean words and, you know, that type of, um, that type of gathering is how you are functioning in that family dynamic yeah. you know that is something that has always been so hard for me you know that that sarcasm or that you know knocking each other down you know i, I go i'm big on to, to movies you know and i i related with so many of them and one of them was you know police academy it was a slapstick and one of the families one of the guys that was in there his family they used to punch each other just out of the blue like a mm, sucker punch yeah and it was like Oh my God, when I saw that, you know, it's funny in, in this TV show, in this movie and everything, but it's like, I saw that in, you know, real life to a degree, whether it be a jab or sarcastic comment or, you know, something like that there where it was like, it was so much pain. Yeah. It was so much suffering where it's like, it's like, why do we have to be like that? Yeah. Why can't we pass on? Wow. You're looking great today. You have a glow about you. You know, your beautiful smile. It's like yeah. put out a positive, yeah. you know, feeling of affirmation, yeah. not to the fact that you're making us all look bad. 
So what it made me think about is the fact that you and I had to develop like a skin around us, a thick yeah, skin. I mean, yeah. I think of that term, thick skin. Um, you know, I think about actually the golden Buddha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the very thick layer of clay around the golden Buddha, you know, and that, um, you know, hundreds of years went by. I don't even know how many years went by you know, before they realized that there was this pure gold Buddha underneath all of this clay that they hid away because they yeah. thought if they knew it was valuable, they would take it, right? Um, so that is the layers of skin, you know, that we put the clay around our real self. Yeah. You know, when we're born with all of this love in us and we just don't understand as we're growing up, we just don't fit into all of this dysfunction and this negativity. Um, so then just the layers of skin go on top. Yeah. You know, and underneath, underneath all those layers that we build, you know, to try to protect ourselves from this, what doesn't make sense, trying to fit in, trying to get that tough, tough skin, right? That thickness so that we can take yeah. it all so we can punch each other to fit into this yeah. family um, is our authentic self. Yeah. And in that, in that gold Buddha in us all is just love because that's what we all are. Yeah. You know, so we're just walking around just, you know, adults with this little gold Buddha inside of us all, and it's our love underneath all of that skin. Uh, that's so beautiful, and, and it's like I, I, as you're saying it, I can actually see it, you know. And then I, I think to that next aspect that that skin is so thick, and from me, from that male perspective, that masculine aspect, it is that thick skin because yeah. you have to be part of you know an environment that is very abrasive, yeah. and immediately I think to myself, how intimate of a relationship can you get into when that skin is so thick that nothing I can penetrate it totally hear you because it's it's that world where i say that blocking out it's yeah. like i block out all the rot that's in that apple cart but the only thing is i also block out all the love that's in yeah. that apple cart very true it's undiscernible it's indiscernible as to right wrong skillful unskillful love hate it just everything goes out because the skin is so thick yep. and it just won't allow because if you leave that little window open for the love to come in mm -hmm. If the hate and the anger yeah. and the frustration can yeah. find that little spot too, and then that rot yep. just starts to breathe. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me um, about the emotional intimacy that that is available to us um, yeah. when we're, we're really aware of what's going on and aware of how, you know, we have these layers to protect us and, you know, knowing that we need them, we need them to, well, we needed them to survive in those family dynamics. Um, all right, so I think we're going to take a break here, and then we'll come right back. And we're back. Uh, Jen, you hit on a real, real great topic, that thick skin. Um, and it's something that I have been really working on hard. Um, it, it's that fact of we see the dysfunction, we see the chaos, and we have ways of dealing with it. You know, For me, so much of my life, it was disassociation. Mm -hmm. where I just blocked out all of the bad stuff and just tried to focus on the good stuff. But what happens is the passivity that I was given created actions of thick skin where I'm going into battle and now I'm hurling bricks and stones, not caring what comes back at me. And it's so painful in the end because underneath that thick skin is the loving compassion of that inner self, that golden Buddha. Yeah, it's a sensitive is, being. Yeah, yeah. Full of love and light. And that is in search 
of intimate connection, yeah. of love, kindness, nurturing, compassion. But the thing is, is it, it the thick skin that we put on to protect ourselves really stops that full amount of love and compassion coming out where it doesn't see the other side. Yeah. And that's really hard for anybody that's gone through trauma. You know, you're your protective measures that are in place, your adaptations, your coping mechanisms, they're all put out there to, you know, protect yourself from this, you know, these different things, but it's also stopping the most inner intimate feelings of being able to be portrayed and put out there. Yeah. And I think it's so important for us to recognize that, you know, we need to exfoliate that thick skin mm-hmm. and really allow the loving compassion in but also have that loving compassion from the inside work its way out so that we can contend because listen, we have to be honest, dysfunction is always going to be out there. Chaos is always going to be out there. And these are situations that we have to come to a reality base of it's going to be there. And either we can hide in a cocoon bubble somewhere and not allow any of it to come in or we can put a thick skin on and not let any of our true golden Buddha come out or not allow any love or compassion in, therefore not having true intimate relationships and having that deeper connection that we all thrive for. We all want to have that that deep love, that that acceptance, that nurturing from people the around The emotional us. intimacy. Oh, yes. The emotional intimacy. Yes. So the word that comes to my mind as I hear all of these things that you're saying is, is screaming in my head right now. Boundaries. Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that is the answer. It's yeah. not something that we understood. It's not something that we grew up with. And think about everything that we talked about in the first half, you know, about you know, the dysfunctional family and how it sustains and, you know, it's, it's breeded in enmeshment and codependency. Yeah. Everybody has to be part of it. Otherwise you feel so threatened. Yeah. So your idea of a boundary is completely opposite that. Yeah. You know, a boundary is where you separate yourself from codependency and enmeshment. There's a clear line between you and the other person. Yeah. Um, and this is the same case with when you can look at the whole entire family dynamic, you really have to have very strong boundaries. Yeah. You know, boundaries is something that, um, I mean, I say it all the time, boundaries, 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 don't leave home without them. Um, I don't still practice them the way I know that I should, um, because I'm still really in my process. I'm still really on my, my healing journey and, and a part where I'm, you know, really with me, the layers and layers and layers of dysfunction. Oh my gosh. It just, yeah. it felt like it never ended and it still feels like that, but I'm actually at a place where I can breathe a little bit, yeah. you know, and do some of the other work. So all of that unlearning, all of that unlearning, you know, you can do that for years, Yeah. you know, and now really in a place where the relearning is coming in and it's not like it's just snap of your fingers and yeah. it's done. There's a yeah. lot of work to it. Um, so boundaries make me feel what they used to make me feel extremely uncomfortable. I mean, a boundary to me was like, Oh, I'm rejected. (laughs) That's it. I'm done. And I would run away. If anybody even tried to put a boundary up, you know, that's how bad it was. That's how enmeshed I was and codependent. I was to my surroundings. There was no, no gen. Um, I didn't have any solidity or standing in my roots, you know, so now I'm far away from that. And, you know, practicing boundaries still doesn't feel comfortable to me, but it's, mm. it's a lot better. Yeah. You know, I know what they are now, at least I yeah. understand what they are. I understand, 
you know, the boundary between me and everything around me. Um, and it's really helpful to see it that way, that yeah. even between you and I, like this yeah. is something that just happened with us this morning and it felt so good, right? To be talking about something that was difficult um, and we don't talk about it all the time because it's difficult. Not everything is going to be easy in life. And, you know, it's not something that really needs to be fixed, but it's something that's there. Right. And, you know, having some conversations about it and then like trying to move away from it and saying, well, we'll just put that issue in a little box yeah, and yeah. put it over there. Right. And I completely separated myself from it. You know, and that was possible for me. And you were able to get there too with a little bit of yeah, yeah. muddiness on the in between, yes. right? Because you had a complexity issue where you said, okay, let me let me put this issue now that's complex and kind of connected to this other issue. And I have to put that in a box too yeah. and put it over there. And that is a bit of your own, right? Yeah. Understanding, you know, yeah. your enmeshment and your codependency and where you are right now that you needed to do that for yourself and put it over there. Um, so that, that is where I'm at, that I'm able to do that and separate what's happening around me, either whether it be issues with other people, you know, with the entirety of another person, yeah. you know, and be like, that's okay. And just, that is not me. There is a separateness. There is a clear air between me and the issue, me and the other person. Now I couldn't have said that at all when yeah. I was growing up. I didn't even understand what that was. There was no... There was no clear anything yeah, <laughs> between yeah, me yeah. and anyone or any situation. So being able to separate yourself and have a strong boundary between issues in a relationship, um, issues with other people, you know, and your family, your family dynamic in each situation in the family is so huge. So really it's boundaries. Boundaries yeah. is what is what is such a big, huge part of this healing journey yeah. and then of course you know having that strength in your own self to keep those boundaries yeah um and you know this whole thing with boundaries and especially lately you know it just seems like now that more and more people are on their healing journey and more and more people are into this collective wave moving forward boundaries gets thrown thrown around a lot and a boundary isn't telling somebody what to do <laughs> at yeah. all that is not a boundary a boundary is something that you place on your own self that you say to somebody else like this is something that i'm not comfortable with but you're never telling anybody else you can't do this yeah that is yeah. not a boundary it's like yeah. this is what i'm comfortable with and if you choose to have this behavior that i'm not comfortable with i'm going to have to remove myself until that behavior is over that would be a boundary, yeah. but it's the boundary is always on our own self. Absolutely. It's never on the other person. Yeah. It's always on our own. It's self. what we can accept. Absolutely. And any other part that we have to really keep in mind with that is that this is ever changing. This is not a one and done scenario because people change on a regular basis. We change on a regular basis, whether it be going you know further in a healing journey Absolutely. Or regressing, going deeper into yeah. our inner child and, and, and sitting with that pain and suffering. Right? We, we knock so, on something that, you know, needs work. Yeah. So sometimes those boundaries need to be readdressed on a regular basis to really sit down with them and say, okay, these are not working anymore. <laughs> the, you know, status quo has changed and I need to reevaluate what is going on here and how I'm going to handle it. And I totally agree for me, setting the boundaries, it was so much easier to put boundaries on myself 
himself rather than put him on the other apples in the cart. Because this way here, I could just say, wow, you want to, it's all on me. And I don't have to worry about blaming anybody else or having negative feelings or anything like that. But that's so unhealthy. Yeah, that's like a type of people pleasing. Control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like the, the boundaries have to be put out there. You know, so and the, the person needs to know what the boundaries are so that there's a level of understanding which once again goes back to the communication yeah, how imperative definitely. communication is and, and if the other person is not willing to communicate you really don't have anywhere to go here yeah you know then the yeah. boundaries does go back to your own self yes. where you can only work with your own self and you know how much you're able to be around that person you know or how much you're able to work with that person if they're not willing to communicate yeah. because communication is the key yeah. to it all you need yeah. to have communication and, to have know, a healthy relationship that communication needs to be reciprocal it can't be one way and it, it cannot be aggressive. And this is where, you know, in, in relationships, there's going to be difference of opinions, you know, but it, it needs to be discussed healthily and appropriately and without, you know, name calling or ego or, you know, blaming or, you know, anything of, of that, because it's, it's just so detrimental to the healing process, to making the difference. But if that's not available, like yes, sometimes in our yeah. family dynamics, right? I mean, if that communication is not available, I mean, it, it, it does make it difficult, you know, yeah. like what do you do? Yeah. You know? Oh, I so hear it. That is so, so, that's such a good point because it is what do you do at those moments when the communication cannot go in that pathway. Once again, it goes back to you need to be that individual apple and make sure that you don't rot, throw your rot back on anybody else and take that independence and break away from the environment that you're in and really say, I need to be true to myself. Because when we give ourselves up on a regular basis, the only thing we're doing is perpetuating the rot. Yeah. We're perpetuating the generational trauma that has gotten us into this environment. And really, it's just so unhealthy for everybody because if we're not giving our authentic self or we're not being true to self, steady in our own ground, it's real hard to connect to the people that are around us and have any type of relationship, let alone an intimate one where we can bear our, I, I guess, to a degree, our vulnerabilities, our our golden Buddha. And I think it takes a lot of strength and courage to stand in your golden Buddha, you know, yeah. and keep open a hole, even if it's just a hole, yeah. <laughs> you know, for the love to, you know, to get out and to get let back in, which is, you know, emotional intimacy. And so many of us are walking around just so guarded that there really isn't a lot of emotionally intimate availability out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to think like, oh, you know, I, I, I have all these, you know, friends that are just so emotionally unavailable. But in reality, I came to realize that I was emotionally unavailable, yeah. you know, that the depths of my emotions were, you know, I was very open, but I wasn't very vulnerable. Yep. Um, you know, because of all of that thick skin type idea, <clears throat> that protection that we all have to, you know, feel that we need to protect ourselves. Um, and it, I don't think it's, it's very cut and dry when it comes to families. If you are leaving from a family that's just full of dysfunction and then you're rejected because you bring your feelings forth, your truth, and that truth isn't accepted. Um, 
I think it's it's extremely courageous to stay in that place of belonging to your own self, to yeah. your own heart, and not looking for the acceptance to get back in that apple cart. Because the only way that you're going to be accepted back in is if you, um, if you will be accepting of the rot and the rotting yeah. apples of that family. And that really is the only way to do it. But I just want to recognize that it is not easy for the yeah. ones that decide not to do that because, you know, recently in, in a, in a group therapy type of situation, um, this came up with, you know, people and families and, you know, the different ways that people were dealing with it. And, you know, when I had said that I, you know, didn't have my family around, you know, something that came up was that it was my choice. And that bothered me. It poked at me a bit, you yeah. know, like it's my choice because I was, you know, allowing the vulnerability of how sad it is to not have family around. Yeah. And that this is something that really hurts me. And it's something that I don't like, I don't want. But then what was brought forth next was, but it's your choice. It's your choice not to be around your family. And I'm thinking, is it my choice? And that's something that stayed with me for a while. And I was processing, 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 you know, and as others have now, you know, come up to me and talk to me about their own stories, it's definitely made it easier for me to feel like I belong a little bit, you know, in that uncomfortable place. But, you know, in one sense, yes, it is my choice, you yeah. know, in another sense, it's also my choice to stay true to myself and my heart yeah. that I refuse to accept the dysfunction of my family of origin. Yeah. And that I know that that's the only way that I can be accepted. Yeah. Um, and that is something that although it's okay with me, it's still okay with me that I feel a lot of pain yeah. because of it. That I that I would never want it this way. That I would never actually choose. See the duality here. Yeah, I was just about to, to say yes. To be where yes. I'm at, because my ultimate choice would be to be able to be the in individual that I am, with the truth of what happened to me, my truth of my life, and what happened in my life. To be able to also be a part of it, that I could belong yeah. somewhere, that I could belong in a family, that I could. So I have to belong in a family outside of the family to actually belong because I'm not going to be accepted. The only way that I will be accepted into the family is if I rot like the rest of them. Yeah. And that is something that I won't do. Yeah. So there is a duality where it's definitely my choice. It's my choice to stay true to myself. And with that choice, I'm not able to be part yeah. of the rotting apple cart. Man, I, I so hear that. And it, and it is, you know, it, I could totally feel, you know, the, the personalization and the ego kick in from, you know, being your choice. And, mm -hmm. and I can totally think about that from my perspective. And I, I think about it. And if somebody was to say that to me in the moment, man, I, I probably, I, I might've, might've hurled some rot. I don't know. <laughs> I but, get quiet usually. But it's like, I need to take it. This is where I need to take that pause, you know, yeah. cause it really is important when I take that half, a, you know, that half a step back and think about it. Yeah, it is my choice because I'm the one that's choosing to be an individual. I'm the one that's choosing to go down my healing journey yeah. and stay true to my path. Yep. I could easily, you know, it's kind of like that gang mentality. You know, I could jump back in and take the beat down and just stay with that gang mentality or I can be my individual self. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you 100%. I am the one that's making that choice 
to be true to myself and heal and go down my journey with the pathway that I feel is best for me, not what anybody else thinks is best for me, not what anybody else thinks is the right way or, you know, cloning people or people pleasing and turning into who they are or who anybody else is that I choose to stick around. Um, you know, it's, it's a part where upsetting that apple cart sometimes is going to come with negative interaction and feedback in the grand scheme, in the, in the short, in the quick, in the, right here. But when you take that eagle eye view and you step back and take a look at your life, your journey, your individualized part of your role in it. And if you were to stay in a negative environment, now all the people who might not be rotten apples, you're feeling that negative energy and you're portraying that onto them, yeah. unbeknownst to them and really unbeknownst to yourself. But it's mm -hmm. like by sitting in that dysfunction, yeah. you're perpetuating the rot. Well, absolutely. And I mean, you know, everything you were saying made me think of the word corruption. Yeah. So like all of us can look around at the world and we can see what's corrupt, right? And what is it that sustains corruption? Corruption. Corruption. You know, yeah. and that's how corruption sustains. And look what happens to, let's just say, whistleblowers. Yeah. Right? The scapegoats. It's, it's a scapegoat. It's really bad. I mean, and we have seen it. Just look around. I mean, yeah. we have seen it in, collectively in, in our society. They are picked yeah. apart and eaten yeah. alive. So when you bring that to a family dynamic, it's very similar. Yeah. Dysfunction is corruption. And it's sustaining by just that yeah and the second you step out of there yeah the the whistleblower so to speak becomes the black sheep mm -hmm. and usually gets the bricks hurled and says don't that you know next thing you know you're ostracized and you're being you know you're being thrown out and your word is invalidated yeah. so the people that are around don't even get a chance to hear oh no they're just crazy they're just out of their mind they're just liars they're this they're that Oh yeah. And they get beat down to the degree where their credibility is totally wiped out and everybody just follows the brainwashing, even though they'll say and see it. It's like plain as the nose on their face, but they can't they can't break away yeah. from that that thick skin, that blindness that they have to the mm -hmm. truth, to the actuality, because it's just their their comfort zone is in that uncomfortable. Yep. And it's very sad. Yeah. It's very sad when you yeah. think about it, especially when you're born into an extremely dysfunctional family that you never, we don't know. We can just say for the sake of it that we didn't ask to be there. Yeah. You know, if we did ask to be there, it was in another realm yeah. <laughs> that yeah. we don't know right now. So yeah. just in this realm, we can just say it's safe to say. So, you know, in that healing journey of that understanding that we haven't asked for that. And of course, you know, I mean, we can get, we can extend that to our parents and grandparents that, you know, this human experience is just that honoring our journey and, you yeah. know, um, healing takes a lot of courage to me it's just it's it's really true like you know the healing journey is like we're just wearing these like beautiful capes and just really you know we're the heroes of the generational trauma yeah you know i think it's important to you know realize and i think this is you know when, when you can get into um being in a secure environment secure relationships i think it's so important to really dig into that 
you know, because in turn, you know, we've talked about this boundaries. Yeah. Okay. How when I put up boundaries, it actually makes you feel safe in totally. the relationship Absolutely. and vice versa. When you put up boundaries, I feel safe. Yeah. And I think it's that really important thing to take a look at. If we were to put up boundaries and create a secure environment for the people that are around us, that the, so to speak, ones that are on the cusp, on the fence, on that fence line of do I want to stay in the dysfunction or do I want to come out? You know, like the, you know, the, the one friend of ours spoke about how, you know, he made a comment at a family gathering and family members came up and said, I'm so glad you said something. You can bring them to that side where it's like you can get people to look and see that there's a brighter, better way. Be the light, be the yes, lighthouse. Yes, yes. Be the lighthouse, yes. absolutely. And that's really the only way to go is to be the lighthouse. I mean, you can't possibly convince other people of the way you feel. You just have to be the lighthouse and let others see your light. Yeah. And lead that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important because when you can give a secure space with boundaries, with proper communication, with openness, you're going to find that more people are, more people want that it's just that 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 generational trauma that that dysfunction that people are so comfortable being around is because they're blinded and by you portraying that you know pushing out that light that that brightness where people can see a healthier way and see a pathway of of security rather than fear and unknown and really be able to sit with themselves in a place that's comfortable. Yeah. I do like that. Now, what do you think, Tim? Would you suggest this type of journey to somebody? Like, would you, you know, if somebody came to you and asked, you know, well, this is what I'm thinking about doing. I'm thinking about confronting my parents and, you know, or confronting my family, you know, with this idea that, you know, what happens in our family is not okay. And, you know, I really, you know, I need to get my truth heard would you would you suggest that that's a good thing at this point in your yeah. life at this point in your journey would would the advice to the other person be go for it do it yeah i mean this is a hard one mm -hmm. um i'm gonna tell you right now i have not done that yet so i would not be readily to jump on the fact of telling somebody to do it where i would start with is you continue the healing journey for you that best suits you. And I think at the right time and space, the universe is going to tell you when the right time to do it is. And I think the outcome that is the outcome is what's meant to be, whether it be ostracized and thrown out or people saying, thank you so much for standing up. But I feel that being on a healing journey that the universe is going to let you know when you're at a place where you're feeling comfortable to take that stride. And I think that it is important for each individual person. Right now, I can speak for myself. I am not ready to take that step up. And my cup is still pretty full with the journey that I'm on to be able to deal with what possibly could back. I don't know. Love and devotion could come back to me. And thank you so much for bringing this to my plate. I don't know. But when I'm ready, I know the universe is going to have my back and what it's going to be is what it's going to be and be ready for it. But the, the one thing that I can say for sure and certain is to tell everybody 
work on your healing journey. That mm. is so important. Yeah. So important. And do the best that you can to gauge where your family is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I would have to agree with that. I really liked what you said about the acceptance of the outcome, no matter what it is. Yeah. You know, and I'm very much in my journey right now of duality. Everything's duality. duality. Yeah. <laughs> is that going to yeah. be my word of 2024? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's it. But did I pick something else already? I don't think so. Okay. Nothing that I heard. It's possible I did, but, but I'm not sure. We can have multiple words. Yeah. I we'll think it's going it to be duality. <laughs> that oh, one seems to, to stick out, but that has been it has been very helpful, yeah. um, you know, in understanding it all and understanding the family dynamics. You know, to understand the duality of it, there's such a duality for me that there's yeah. just an acceptance of me and my journey and where I'm at and how hard it's been and how hard it is. And then, yes, it is my choice, and also that duality of understanding that. You know, I was also born into this place, yeah. you know, into this family. And, you know, there is a big part of me that thinks, you know, that I'm not honoring it sometimes yeah. because of my kind of that refusal to be a part of it. And and I understand that. And I, I feel like that duality has helped me to get this far and to be this strong, that I'm honoring it all, that I'm honoring yeah. all of it. I'm honoring every part of it. And I just like you, you know, you had suggested with the healing journey, just always taking all that energy and bringing it back to myself and my healing journey and who knows what the future yeah. will bring. Um, you know, so that that's where I'm at with it. I definitely would suggest a healing journey for everyone. Just get on it. Where do you start? So many people ask me that you just start. Yeah. It doesn't really matter where you start. You can yeah. start anywhere. And, you know, I talk to people all the time now, some people that are very early on a year or two into their healing journey. And, you know, everybody starts at different places and yeah. totally different places. And then we're all sitting there looking at each other like, oh, you still think that? Oh, wait, you think that? Oh, wait, I'm not even there yet. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't really matter. You just start because you need time to process it all. You need time just as long as you're looking at the path ahead of you and know that you're just moving in that direction yeah. and that you're moving forward. You'll be honoring your journey every single day. And I think, you know, the one thing that I can say is really important to have an understanding while you're working on your healing journey to have that supportive environment. You want to do the best that you can to get away from the dysfunction and the chaos, whether it be friends, whether it be, the, you know, family, but whenever you're in that environment of doing the healing journey to be in a supportive environment yeah. so that you can move forward in a healthy way. Find some other good apples and team yeah, up. Make yeah. a soul pod. Yeah, exactly. Make <laughs> your own independent individual apple cart. Yeah, so everybody can make can their own apple up. cart. We can make our apple carts full of friends and love. And, um, you know, and then that love and support can mirror a very beautiful and loving family type, you know, environment for you. Um, and we can all do that. Yeah. We'll have that option. I think we're going to start wrapping up this episode of upsetting the apple cart. Are um, you upset, Tim? No. I, well, yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I love working on these I, because it brings so much into my head as to, you know, the main reason of starting the podcast yeah. is coming to an aspect of as I speak and get it out, I'm like, oh, my God, it makes so much sense to me now because it's out in the air. It's not just, you know, in that little squirrel cage wrapped yeah. around inside of my head. Yeah. And then when you and I, you know, talk to each other and we communicate, I hear your perspective, your, your vision, and I'm like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. I might not be able to see it otherwise. And that's yeah. where that communication and having a relationship with somebody, you know, healing from childhood trauma is so important. It is. But you want to be with somebody who's on a healing journey as well, not in a dysfunctional chaos. Yeah. Because that can get detrimental to your journey. 
Absolutely, definitely. You know, and I think the the two things once again, love and compassion. You know, I think this is something in healing that is so important from so many angles. Love and compassion to yourself, and then eagle eye view, love and compassion for all that are involved. Everyone, even the rotten apples. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> they got there somehow, some Exactly. Way. You can and, have compassion for them. You can have compassion for yourself. And love and compassion for the journeys of all the people that are rotten and, and you know, whether they're on a healing journey or not, they still deserve the love and compassion for their, their, their journey. Absolutely. I think them. something that came up recently that we've been talking about is that idea that you either get better or you get bitter. And that's something that's been around for a long time. And it definitely comes into this place as well. You know, we have all these apples and some of them get better and some of them get bitter, but we can have the duality of honoring and loving them all. And we're going to keep on this healing journey and we're going to try getting another podcast in before the end of the year. Um, And we hope you all enjoy the holiday season. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us. Jen and I look forward to sharing more of our healing journey with you.